Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast for cozy introverts. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, Color Theory. Hey, Megan. Hello. How's it going? Pretty cold, actually. It's cold today. Extra chilly. I don't know. Today felt felt chillier than the other day that was colder than today. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest. I know it's so I think fun. It's, I think it did feel a little chillier today just because it wasn't particular. Like it wasn't sunny. It was trying yeah. to be a little drizzly. So that always makes it feel a little bit colder than it is. But I know. I know your boys are like, "What is happening?" Well. Actually, in Minnesota, it snowed and stuck today. Ooh, yes. And my uh, in-laws sent a picture of their backyard, which they always do when it snows. And Max was all like, no fair. Just <laughs> he wait, really bud. want snow. And I was like, you don't want snow in October, man. I, I, there's plenty of time, bud. So Just much wait. time. <laughs> yeah. By February, you won't want the snow anymore. So exactly. Hang in there, kid. <laughs> oh, funny, funny, funny. Well, today, Eden started crawling. So yeah. I guess I should start baby proofing. I guess. I mean, we did we did minimal baby proofing with my I mean, kids. Let's be real. That's probably what it will be here too. Yeah. I mean, you uh what did we do? I think we put the we put the little plug covers on. Mhm. And I think that's mostly it. I was going to get some locks for the kitchen cabinets. Yeah, we did like some cabinet things. But to be honest, I think we had them on already because the cats would open up the cabinets and crawl inside. <laughs> so they were already cat proofed. Uh, right. Which happens to be the same as baby proofing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I need to get a couple baby gates. I have some baby gates because we have dogs. Um, but I need to get like a couple more because we live in an old house with two sets of stairs, front mm-hmm. stairs and back stairs, which means there's extra <laughs> extra stairways that you have to block off to keep her from tumbling her little butt down them. So I guess I'll be making a target run in the near future to do those things because I I sent you a video and she was like crawling on the carpet and you were like, well, at least it's just on the carpet and the rugs. And Edie was like, hold my beer. And then she was... <laughs> And then she was like, I can do it on the hardwood, too. I was like, oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're screwed. <laughs> here we go. Well, you were here uh, on Sunday for our, the Taco Palooza, and mm-hmm. she was trying real hard, so she I knew was. it wouldn't be long. She's been, she's been ready for a while, so I actually think she will be happier now that she can, like, be on the move. But, oh, boy, she's going to be keeping us on our toes. She also, I'm pretty sure I heard her say Dada tonight as well so she was just like pulling out all the stops tonight and I was like I need you to go to bed because I can't handle one more thing she will probably sleep very hard after all of that I mean she seemed like she was getting tired so I was like go to bed good night bye because <laughs> I can't handle you possibly saying another new word or doing another new trick I can only handle so many things when they're day. when they're that young, it is kind of hard to tell too sometimes because 
when they're trying to talk and you're like, did they say it or are they just mumbling? I know. She was like, it was a very, she was definitely trying to say something. Alex, interestingly, thought she was trying to say Anya and I thought she was saying Dada. And it was a little hard to tell which she was trying to say, but she was definitely, it was like a distinct, like trying to say something. Mm. So she was definitely working on a new word. We just are in a slight disagreement about what it was. <laughs> I thought it was funny because I was like, she's saying dad, because he was really bummed that her first word was mama. <laughs> and then he's like, say dada. And then she like kind of did. And he's like, I think she said Anya. It's <laughs> like, okay, bud, whatever. <laughs> Don't Sorry look to- a gift horse in the mouth, bud. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, dude, but it's pretty much always mama. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's fine. Anyway. So, yeah, this was new here. Just going to be baby proofing and on my toes for the rest of my life. This week, we are talking about color theory, and that is a concept that I've been interested in for a while. And it just so happens that we have a friend who shares this interest. Please welcome to the pod our friend and coworker, Susanna Brinkley Henry. Hi, guys. Hi, Susanna. Welcome. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. We're so excited to have you here. So, tell us about yourself. I am a graphic designer, which you know because I work with both of you. I um, live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I've lived here pretty much my whole life. Um, I'm native Charlottean, and that is our fun name that we call ourselves. I was just about um, to say, I, I wouldn't have guessed I had no that idea. to be the name at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not Charlottean, it's Charlottean. It's very specific. It's <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I um graphic designer, I have a food blog, I'm just a general creative person. I make lots of cocktails to share on my blog. Haven't made one in a while though, so maybe not the best cocktail food blogger lately, but getting there. I mean you're talking to two people. Well Megan has recently updated her blog. I have not. So I mean, Megan it is- was a post that I also I took photos for uh in April and I <laughs> posted it this month so and we're doing i wouldn't great. call it an accomplishment we're all doing you know what we're all doing great we have full-time jobs we're, we're, we're yeah <laughs> we're yeah, making it through happening also you're doing inktober this month which is i was super fun. well <laughs> i need to pick it back up again <laughs> <laughs> well linkedin's Susanna's instagram account for that because it is pretty fun um as well as her food blog account for you guys in the show notes and on our Instagram because you should check her out. She has all sorts of fun colors on her platforms. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into art and graphic design first. Sure. I really don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't interested in art and design. Uh, When I was little, my parents... um, like we always did art projects like for fun. Um, my mom is a very creative person and my sister is a fine artist. My dad and brother are more analytical, but I, I believe that they're creative in their own way. We, we just always created stuff together. And um, I went to, took art classes as a kid and as a teen and just really, I loved art class at school. I remember like all of my projects. It was just like my happy, fun place. And then as I like got older and started thinking about what I wanted to like, you know, do with my life, I went through 
all of the design professions that I possibly could have. Like I was going to be an architect and then I was going to be a fashion designer and I was going to be an interior designer. I went through all of the phases and uh, I went to an arts high school that we have here and all of the electives at our school were like arts focused. There was musical theater and there was uh, like jewelry design and uh, band and chorus, like all of the arts, but we had no sports. So it was like a, it was like the show Glee, but <laughs> it was cool to sing everywhere. <laughs> so it was like my dream. I'm so jealous. It was really fun. I actually really loved high school because we didn't have any of the like, of that stuff. I don't yeah. know, the like stereotype stuff. So it was just really different, fun, and um, and when I was in high school, I took fashion design classes, costume design classes, art class, like p- painting and visual art classes, and then I ended up on the newspaper staff one year, and my teacher was like, can you do graphic design? And I'm like, I don't, I don't really, like, not, I've not tried it. And he's like, okay, well, you can be our layout editor. And so can that, you do that, this thing? I don't know. <laughs> Here, I think you should do it. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so he handed me Cork Express and like showed me how to do a few things, and then like I started laying out our our high school newspaper, and then I just kind of fell in love from there. And we also had graphic design classes in my high school, so I took those for the rest of high school, and it was just like really fun. And decided to pursue that for college, and have been a graphic designer ever since. I love that. I like that it was sort of a fluke. Like, can you do this? Ah, here you go. That really got you into it. Yes. I'm pretty jealous of of the high school situation, too, because I know a lot of places now are moving towards that kind of thing where they have, like, magnet high schools. Um, But my, my high school was, like, the typical all the things pushed together. But I to, like, go to an only arts school would be... Crazy. Like, all I can think of is, like, fame. Yes. The movie. Yes. Musical. Um, yes. Because I don't have anything to, anything real to compare it to in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, you fun. actually would leave, I feel like you would actually leave high school knowing what you wanted to do, and it sounds like you did. Yeah, I'll, and a lot of my classmates, like, are doing really cool things. Like, one is a casting director for reality shows, and, like, she took all the film classes, and, um, you know, somebody... Oh, lots of them have been on Broadway, and um, I think there were, there's even some students who were like graduated recently who are on Broadway now, like in Mean Girls, and um, I think they've been in Hamilton, um, and then the the uh, Harry Potter show, which the name I'm blanking on. Cursed Child. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there's uh, a student from it's my okay, high school. Okay, I couldn't remember the word account earlier, so <laughs> we're <laughs> equal. Uh-huh. I think mine is worse than yours. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. So what exactly is color theory for anyone that's like, I don't really know what that means? So it's complicated, but the simple answer would be that it's like the art and science of color. Because color is both a science and an art, if that makes any sense. But I'll describe a little bit more. So... The science of color would be like how light works uh, because light you know is on a spectrum so like when you see a rainbow of course like you're seeing like the um 
particles traveling through uh, light rays. Mm -hmm. So that's the science part of things, or, or like even more specifically how um, a computer monitor works. Uh, it's traveling, or your phone, like any kind of a screen. There's little pixels that are made up of little bricks of red, green, and blue light. And the, the technology in your computer is all the time adjusting, you know, how much red, green, and blue to put through the screen and, you know, make each pixel of your whole screen come together to be something you can use. So that's all the science side of things. The art side of things is that color is used um, in emotional ways to help us make decisions, to make us feel a certain way. It's something I use every day as a designer to, you know, convey certain feelings or to highlight certain things. Um, of course, color is something used in, you know, artwork and paintings. It's used in all kinds of design and advertising. It's used in like, you know, home decor to make you feel a certain way or, um, you know, help, you know, like you might choose blue because it's a relaxing color uh, for your walls and then that could make you have a really comfy room. So it just, that's kind of the, the art side of things. It's more about like the feeling, the way things portray. And then of course, like color is what we use as like ink or paint or, uh, you know, colored pencils to, to draw things too. So that's kind of the art side of things. So one of the questions that I have about color theory, um, and also it's not on our list, so I apologize, <laughs> but okay. you, like you mentioned that blue is a calming color. So when it comes to certain colors, like why is blue calming? Why do people say that you shouldn't paint your kitchen red because it makes people hungry like why why are those things those meanings with those colors so that's definitely a cultural thing because color means different things depending on where you're from mm -hmm. um, but in like western cultures those are those things are true so you know blue blue has a lot of associations with it and it's just kind of things were brought up from seeing since we're really little like blue is the you often see it in logos for a bank or for a store. It's very corporate kind of color, but it can, you know, then you have different tints and shades. So darker blue and lighter blue, they make you feel different things. So, you know, light blue is like the color of people paint nurseries. If you might have a little boy, I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but that is <laughs> a common thing. <laughs> so you might have a light blue room for your kid and, you know, that's supposed to be, you know, calming. And it's also something that is associated with identity at a very young age. Again, don't agree with that all the time, um, but it's definitely color is something that we're taught at a very young age without really even being taught it just because we're it's around us everywhere so it's kind of like pre-established things like that we're exposed to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly every single week man man we really bring the patriarchy in all the time <laughs> yes exactly the patriarchy so so why is color theory important and why should we care about it i think 
because it's something that influences your decisions that you don't really know. Like that's something that I'm trained to do because I am using color all the time. But a consumer who might be making a purchase and choosing between something that's on sale or something that's not on sale. You don't know that color is very important to the person designing that retail display and helping you decide what to get. Um, so like, for example, when you see a, something that's on sale, it's usually a red sign or a yellow sign. And both of those are used for sales because they signify importance. So they're drawing your eye to those colors because they want you to buy what's on sale because maybe it's a promotion or something they're trying to get rid of or it's just, you know, something that they bring that they're that they really want to highlight because it's in season or whatever. So those colors are so important, but it's somebody standing in the grocery aisle that knows nothing about color may not have any idea that those colors are influencing them. So I think it's important to at least be a little bit aware of. Um, it can affect your mood. So like I was saying before, having a blue room can be really calming, but having like, yeah, like a red kitchen can make you really hungry. And, you know, depending on the person, that may not be the best choice. But if you really love red, it might be all right too. So <laughs> I think a little bit of it is preference. Right. It's so interesting to me. Um, you were talking about using red and yellow and sales and things like that and the three of us we all work in marketing so obviously marketing is something that we think about more than I, I think most normal humans um, but as you were saying color plays have a huge role in branding and much more than I think just the normal lay person thinks about and it, be got, be, it goes beyond just this is the color I like for my logo like, hey, I really like blue. Can you make my logo blue? So can you tell us a little bit more about that when you are designing a logo or a branding kit for someone? How do you think about color? There's a, there's a lot of different aspects. So it's sometimes it's industry specific because colors can be very can be very related to industries, or at least it's something that we associate in our minds. So like, um, like I said, reds are for sales. Reds, um, reds can um, represent passion or, or war or love. They're really energetic. And so depending on your brand, like that may or may not be a good color fit for you. Um, I can run down some of, some of the other colors too. So like orange, um, often is like health and vitality. It's very happy color, it can be very energetic. Same with yellow, sunshiny energy. Uh, it's very cheerful color and you often see it with like, uh, like kids stuff. Um, you see yellow for things that might represent hope, um, like, like the way we use a yellow ribbon for um, like, you know, hang a yellow ribbon on a tree, like mm -hmm. if you have a soldier overseas. Um, green's very natural, earthy. It also stands for like money and wealth. So you might see a bank use green or likewise like a something very earthy 
um, like a conservation group or something might use green. Uh, blue can be very corporate, but again, if you you know make it darker or lighter, it can be you know friendlier or more uh, friendlier or more um, sinister can be. Like if you go more um, like really really dark with it. Mm -hmm. And then purple is, can be very regal and can be very romantic. It's a sign of luxury. So you might see lots of like spas, like Massage Envy's color is purple. Mm -hmm. um, it's very luxurious. And then there's like the neutral colors, like black, white, brown, gray. Uh, you know, black can represent like elegance and power. White can be, represent, you know, purity. It's like in the, the Western culture, it's like the, the bridal color again don't mm -hmm. subscribe to that either um, <laughs> do whatever color you want uh, it can also represent like winter and colors can really play into the seasons too and then uh, gray is very uh, neutral moody sometimes it can some people think it's a very depressing color but it can also just be very you know neutralizing you know being in a gray room doesn't necessarily make you happy or sad um, my office is gr like a bluish gray and I find it very like comfortable um, and then brown it can be like old or uh, can have like an old feeling it can also feel like earthy um, it can also be very dull uh, I saw someone say the other day that beige is like an offensive color because we shouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> we should just have more color in our life than beige. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. <laughs> As someone with a, with a hallway that is currently like beige bagel colored, which is being changed soon. We're having it painted in December, but <laughs> I agree. It is an offensive color. <laughs> I am offended by that decision that mm -hmm. whoever in the eighties decided that beige was like going to be the neutral color in houses. was a bad decision. That actually, yeah. that's funny. I, I was going to mention that same thing about houses because you brought up gray and our last house, we had a, a choice of not very many colors when we had it built for the colors but we chose gray and we really liked it um but i noticed that a lot of the newer houses now like gray is the color that everyone paints their house when it used mm -hmm. to be beige and i just think that's super interesting that all of a sudden maybe not all of maybe it wasn't all of a sudden but all of these houses now are being painted gray instead of beige so yeah, i'm wondering like if in a few neutral. years we're all gonna hate gray <laughs> I hope I not. A lot of my house is gray. <laughs> yeah. It, it's totally possible because color is also cyclical and, you know, the fashion houses are picking the colors that are going to be hot and in season, you know, in the spring or in the fall or whatever. So they're in they're planning ahead. And that's true for home decor. Like it may you may have like an emerald green or a room with emerald green accents. And those were really hot a few years ago. But now you want like a new pillow that's emerald green and maybe really hard to find because that color might just not be in anymore and the p places that we buy things from definitely try to keep with what's in fashion so it's definitely possible that gray could be out of fashion in another decade but I also have uh, like this creamy horrible beige color like um that's all over my house I hate it <laughs> <laughs> I so I hope that probably particularly drives you crazy. Like, as a designer, yeah. you're like, ah! <laughs> There was a lime green bathroom. I had to go. I lived oh. with it for, like, three years. I was like, this, is, this has been too much of my life. 
<laughs> I've spent too too much of my life staring at this lime green bathroom. Mm-hmm. It can no longer exist. <laughs> yep. So speaking of trends and stuff, what what is your opinion about when Pantone and Sherwin Williams and all of these companies choose like a color of the year? How do you feel about that? I'm always so fascinated to see what they pick because I usually don't agree with it. Um, but I know you, that they have you their... You usually do send quite the opinions about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're really like, they announced it. I don't like this. <laughs> uh, usually in retrospect, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see why they chose that. But um, they're using, you know, psychology and surveys and, um, you know, tools like that to help them predict what might be popular in the future because they're they might be developing pigments and dyes and you know things that take manufacturing time and really um, thinking about what might be popular in like a few seasons from now so that's already kind of determined which is kind of scary like they already probably know like what's what's going to be in season next Christmas time like what wrapping papers might look like or what colors they might be and what decorations might be popular that's already being forecasted by um lots of manufacturers and so that's kind of crazy to think about but when pantone puts together their color of the year they're they're thinking about that they're thinking about what people might want to buy they're looking at um, everyday trends what people are wearing what maybe even what influencers are doing what um what's popular on pinterest and and really thinking about like what represents this time um i'll be and they also predict ahead so like they already picked the color for 2020 um so the next color that they put out will be the color for 2021 um which i always think is weird because it's like the year hasn't happened yet it's like this year it's like when you get new cars and they're like the 2021 cars (laughs) and you're like it's still 2020 people what is happening (laughs) I well, I think for the color, they're like, the, you're supposed to start buying that stuff up. I don't know. Yeah, I do think so it's interesting, though, because the color for this year was, a, like, a normal color, basically. It's, it's classic it's blue. Classic yeah. blue. Mm-hmm. And um, considering everything that's happened this year, like, mm-hmm. a nice, a nice, calm, regular blue <laughs> actually worked out really well to be a color for the year. It's a nice election blue as well. Thought that was a very interesting pick for th- for an election year. I am, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sitting yeah. here looking at. It, I'm like, hell, yeah, it is really an interesting. Sherwood Williams' color of the year actually is also a blue, but it's a dark blue. Hmm. I believe. Interesting. Yeah. But I've, I've noticed in pa- some of the past years have been kind of. I Ooh. don't know. Uh, Sherwood Williams already announced her 2021 color of the year. Ooh, what is it? Urbane bronze. That doesn't sound good. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. It's. A, I. It's, it's brown. Brownish gray. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dark grayish. Grayish. <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminds sold. me of that. Do you guys remember that show Trading Spaces on Yes. yes. Do what you a great remember? Show. There being an episode for this woman, like, truly, with her whole entire being, hated the color brown. And her yes. friend that she traded houses with was like, I'm going to make your house brown. I'm going to yes. make you like it. And <laughs> she gets to her house and she's like, everything is brown and it is horrible and I can't believe you did this to me. Yes, she was so mad. Which, I mean, like, 
I can't blame her. That show was I mean, she wild. said what she didn't want, and they did it anyway. They did so. exactly what she didn't want. I, I, that was probably it. That's that was their fault. Probably, uh, that show was always so insane, though. If you so if you had to get... What was her la- her name? Uh, you, you and I are both trying to remember her name. Oh, the lady the, that put the straw on the wall. The Yeah, I don't remember what her name is, but she was always Paige? the craziest person. No, that show's Hildy? the host. Yes, Hildy! Oh my god. Yeah, she always did the wackiest shit. Like, she was the type that was like, oh, they hate brown. I'm gonna encourage everybody to mm-hmm. do brown. I'm gonna glue straw on the wall. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Oh, man. The that was a great show. show. It was a great show. It was pretty entertaining. It was very it was very entertaining. I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot. I also enjoyed like cringing, like, oh my god, what did she do? Ah! Yep. Yeah, you knew if Hildy was on it was gonna be a wild episode. <laughs> 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 like, uh, oh my god, this crazy lady. So Megan has a Megan has a question <laughs> that relates to the show Fargo, I believe. So uh, in our teaser for this episode, I mentioned something that I had heard actually on the show Fargo that I watched uh, horrifiedly in my dark house. Probably not a good idea. Um, Anyway, at one point in the show, they say that the human eye can detect more shades of green than any other color. And I'm wondering, A, if you know the answer why, and B, if it's true. Hmm. I don't know the answer to that, but I would, it wouldn't surprise me because green is such a prevalent color, like, everywhere in the world, and maybe not everywhere in the world, but it's something that we see a lot in trees and, you know, and grass and plants, and it would make sense to me that... Like, there's so many colors and shades of green, and it's something that we see a lot. So I think it would, if it's something we adapted to, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It feels, it feels like a very, it, like, if you're looking at, like, the spectrum of colors, like, I just feel like, it's like it's kind of there in the middle. It's not, like, an extreme on one end or the other. I don't know. There's just something about green. Yeah. It's just, just also, like a nice green. Like color is very, um, like we say, we have more colors today at our fingertips or in our like that we can see than we ever have in human history. So if you think about it, if you were a person living in Scandinavia centuries ago, you did not have probably lots of shades of red. Like you might have had some berries, maybe some flowers. Uh, but you may not have had access to a lot of it. You probably saw lots of greens and trees, lots of browns, lots of shades of white and snow. Um, You probably saw some autumn leaves, Uh, but you probably didn't see purple. You probably didn't see a lot of orange outside of autumn leaves. So your color spectrum that you would have had in Scandinavia, you know, several centuries ago would be very different than somebody who grew up in Western North America who lived in the desert where all of their colors were orange and they never saw snow or the color white maybe unless it was on a flower or something. So just like what was in nature 
available to you based on where you lived is just very different for everyone in the world. That's fascinating to think about. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to think about. Um, And yeah, like whatever colors you had in foliage could be what you dyed clothes out of. And so like your clothes would have been different colors just based on what berries and fruits and leaves, mushrooms and things were available to you just because of um, where you were in the world. I don't know. I think that's so interesting. It is really interesting. Yeah, because I remember... I remember in school talking about the fact that purple was the color for royalty because it was really hard to come by. Yeah, they smashed snails. Shells. Poor little snails. I know. <laughs> they were going to eat them anyway. I was going to say, then they went to France <laughs> and they ate them. All was well. And <laughs> I think, the snail, too. to be clear. It was not well for the snail. <laughs> it was expensive because, like, snails are small, so you needed a lot of them yes. to make the color purple. And then it was sometimes illegal to have purple like because it was only for royals and if you weren't royal you couldn't have it i Hmm. don't remember a whole lot from grade school history which is probably for the better because most of it (laughs) (laughs) does turn out to be crap anyway but i do remember that very distinctly learning that we may not have learned about the truth about christopher columbus or white supremacy, but we did learn the truth about the color purple. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay. As we're as we're kind of like we've we've done a little bit of an overview of of this idea of color theory and how it's implemented into various aspects of life. But before we before we go, what are some like tips for someone who is wanting to kind of implement this concept into their own lives. Like if they're, you know, we talked about if you're, if you're painting your bedroom, like maybe you think about like some blues and some calming colors, but do do you have just any other tips if someone is like, I want to incorporate this kind of the psychology of color into my life? Yeah. So I think it depends on like what the, if you're if you're painting a room or decorating a room what is that room for so you want to think about the purpose um, of why you're in there and you know are you there to sleep are you there to eat are you just there to relax like those are all different things and then you may choose a color that kind of fits that mood so if you want to relax you know for a bedroom or for a living room area like cool colors or great relaxing colors, greens, blues, uh, you know, even neutral colors like like gray (laughs) Um, could be a really good fit for that. And if you need a happy place, you know, you may want to go for a yellow. Although I've heard that I've never sold a house, but I've heard that they'll make you paint yellow if you have it anywhere except a kitchen because it doesn't sell well. I've heard that before. Interesting. Hmm. They did not do that before we bought our house because there was a lot of unnecessary yellow in it. <laughs> Just saying. Unnecessary yellow sounds like a band name. I mean, our kitchen was also salmon colored, so oh. there was a lot of oh. there was a lot of bad color choices happening in our house that we fixed immediately. As, as we are all, like, immediately reacting to that, I think it's really funny Ooh. that we just have immediately, like, oh, reaction color to color. <laughs> yeah. 
tell that she's wrong. Yeah. I have a friend whose mom is a home stager, and she always joked about um, purple people. Because usually people who have a purple room usually have more than one purple room. (laughs) If you like purple enough to have one, you probably like it enough to have more than one. Yes, and my we had some friends when we lived in Indiana. My mom had a couple friends who their best, their favorite colors were purple. Like the both of them, their favorite color is purple, and purple was everywhere. It's a lot of purple. Wow, I promise yeah. I will not paint more another room purple. Yeah, that's right. Because your bathroom is like eggplant color. It's eggplant, yeah. Or actually, it's blackberry. I think they call it, but it's very eggplanty. It is very eggplanty. It's a beautiful color in your bathroom. But if it starts to seep into other areas of your house, I promise you, Susanna, I will fly you up so we can have an intervention. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not the kind of person that will just randomly start painting myself. So it will be a whole process for me to even get to that stage. So <laughs> There would be a lot be of good. like red flags along the way. <laughs> yeah. We see right. Megan breaking Lots down. Steps. <laughs> I will say, though, Blackberry sounds like it would be a really nice color, like just hearing it. I've always wanted to be somebody who got to name the colors, like for the nail polish or the yes. the, the paint swatches. Like, whose job is that? How can yes. I get that job? Well, it does we sound really nice. This, we were talking about this at work the other week because we were talking about there was like a weird makeup palette that had some really strange. It had a cottage cheese eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't want that, that on my like, eyes. Well, there was no. another one that was like yogurt but the color was like bronzy purple, right or, yeah or it was like a brownish or purple or something it was not the color that yogurt should be no to be clear and i was like if that's the color of their yogurt we've got bigger fish to fry i mean it sounds like they have a job opening for naming colors <laughs> i think so i think we should be looking into this yeah it's <laughs> yeah naming it yeah naming colors because i also always I always like to look at the name of the like the crayon colors. Like, oh yeah, and the Essie the Essie colors are always really like good puns. Yes, so I always yeah. really liked those. But there were a lot of when we were looking at paint colors for the house. There were a lot of like really disgusting sounding colors. I can't mm. remember any of them right now. But I was like, why would you name anything that? <laughs> it sounds horrible. <laughs> why? When I was a kid, my parents let me paint my bedroom, and I picked this light blue color, and it was called Blue Fox. And I was like, but foxes aren't blue. <laughs> Why? <laughs> All this. I was like eight years old, and just like, this is You're this like, screwed no. Up. <laughs> I could do better than this. <laughs> Maybe your yes. color naming prodigy. Yes. Well, if anyone listening has an opening for a color namer, you know who to call. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I would love it. I have one more question that I did not want us to forget that we wanted to talk about. We all use CoStar, which is an app for astrology, basically. Um, And in their daily updates, it gives you advice for things that you should do and things that you shouldn't do. And very frequently, colors show up in those lists. Mm -hmm. And... How do you not do a color? <laughs> and what does that even mean to do M- like mine a color? Says today, do gray. Yeah, mine told me today to to like 
not reply all. I'm like, but I I'm at work. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> if I have to, I might have to. So I I don't know. I don't Mine also says do bottom which. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> also, I want to be clear. When when Megan says that we use CoStar, mostly we just go in and see what it's telling us to do or not do. And, and then, then make, send each other tags. Yeah, and then make fun of it. So we are actually taking this seriously. Like, our listeners know that Megan and I are hippies, but we're not quite to that point. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's interesting to see what it says, but usually I'm just like okay but i don't understand what they mean when they say don't do a color because frequently mine says don't do yellow i'm like my house is yellow the outside of my house is yellow so should i I not be in my house like should i not paint something yellow should i not eat yellow foods what does that mean i think usually like what i know of astrology which is not that much but they often will tell you to like use the use whatever the predictions are to not make to help you with your decisions so like maybe do a red means wear a red shirt or wear the red lipstick or paint your nails red like maybe it's to help you make a decision or maybe don't gray is like maybe don't be in a gray room today i don't know that it means avoid all that color at all costs because that's kind of impossible like i don't think it means like take all the red pens off your desk and I have, <laughs> I have like, be like, what you are you doing every day? I actually, I actually have pen a, cups. I had a professor who refused to use red pens because she thought that they were like too harsh in her grading when she was editing papers or editing. She was my magazine editor. So she would uh, edit people's articles with purple instead because she felt it was nicer. I mean, that's color theory right there. She's trying to like. And maybe not make you resent her by if she were to mark up your paper a lot and like red is so glaring. It's very easy to see, so it's hard to miss like where somebody's marked out a paper. Mm -hmm. But it's also potentially she wanted to have a relationship with you and not, um, you know, be your superior by always like marking things off with red. Like, it's a choice. Teacher, this is why I'm not a teacher because I'd be like, (laughs) I don't know, write a better paper, and then you won't have as much red on it. Sorry to tell you, but you have a child, so you're a teacher now. Well, ta-da! <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> she ever comes to me, there's a lot of red in this paper. Well, you should have written a better paper. Wouldn't have. It's fine. Everything is fine. <sighs> so far, they you. actually don't correct things that much. <laughs> Sad to say. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So you asked me earlier what you could do to implement color theory in your own lives. So yes, we did a little bit of a like bit of a rabbit trail there, didn't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Um, so part of it's like it's not just room decorating. It could be your you know your closet. Like maybe you wear a lot of black and you want to introduce a new color. So some of that's like knowing what colors you look good in, or having a friend who knows what color you so you look good in, and you know, that can just sort of give you a mindset shift, like wearing the red dress might make you feel really confident Mm -hmm. or wearing the black dress might make you feel sexy. Like it just really depends on the person and your preferences and what you, what you feel comfortable in. So I think a lot of color theory is comfort, but also 
personally believe it's important to go outside of your comfort zone sometimes with color and just try new things because there are so many options and it's easy to be the trading spaces woman who hates brown but like maybe there is a little bit of brown that you could have in your life like a brown pillow or something like that that is something that you could learn to love i don't know it's 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 color theory is different for every person and and what is comfortable for them and what is helps their mood and it's gonna be a little bit different for every person so you can look up the like meanings of the color orange and but if you really love orange like do orange co-star <laughs> <laughs> love it also i feel like i feel like i should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode but better late than never um Susanna, you and your husband Chris just celebrated your first anniversary, and for your wedding, you did all the colors. We did. Um, so, growing up in the South, like, seen lots of weddings, and everyone always picks pink, and maybe not everyone. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. The colors <laughs> are blush and bashful. Exactly. Your colors are pink and pink. <laughs> Correct. Uh, you know, it's usually in a southern wedding, it's like you wear the white dress, the dude wears gray or black, blue maybe, and then the bridesmaids wear one color. Yeah. And I just, I, I couldn't decide. I was... <laughs> thinking about maybe doing shades of green because green is my favorite color. I do wear a lot of green and I have a lot of green in my home, but I also love all of the colors and I, I think that they're all useful and valid and worthy and I want to, you know, as a designer, I try to be fair to them and use them equally. So I don't know. And for my wedding, I was like, I get to do this one time and I don't, I mean, hopefully, that's the that's the goal and I <laughs> that's the plan that's the plan stick with this one <laughs> <laughs> but I just, just like I don't want to do it like everybody else I don't want to just pick one color and be stuck with it and why not get to use all, the, all these other colors so like we had colorful invitations or like all the different pieces were different colors and uh, we had a ribbon curtain that I walked through and I came down the aisle so to speak um, and the ribbons were all different colors we had colorful macarons on the cake there's a lot of like color accents everywhere that um, just made me really happy and it was just a really fun day like f- surrounded by all my favorite people and all you know all of the colors and that was just like it's like a carnival it was so fun yeah I, it looked really fun it looked so amazing like I saw the pictures later and because unfortunately neither Megan or I could make it down there for it and we both looked at the pictures later and we were like oh my gosh it looks so pretty because I know like thank you I know some people that could not have pulled that off like in a really beautiful way like it would have looked tacky and you have such an eye that you were able to do it in a way that was really lovely and because also I think I if I'm remembering correctly your venue was very like neutral colored and so it was like the pops of color yeah it was like wood floors had some brick walls and some white walls as well and like white curt white um linens and curtains mm-hmm. so it was there wasn't in some ways like 
it wasn't a lot to work with, but also that meant you had like lots of creative freedom. So even if you did just pick one color, it would have looked beautiful in there, but I wanted to, um, you know, bring in as many as I could. Yeah. Uh, we, my mom and I, and the help of several friends and my husband, we made this huge backdrop that we stood in front of and we made it out of plastic tablecloths and we spent hours uh, cutting out strips of plastic tablecloths and weaving them into this, um, what do they call it? Like a, you see it in construction. I forget what's it like a snow fence, uh -huh. um, but like plastic um, fencing. And oh, so we uh -huh. like tied them to that. And then we hung these like three huge panels behind us. And it was, my mom and I went on this huge trek all over town to find every color of plastic tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> you also, you also spent months making all of these paper cranes. Oh yeah. In all of these that. different colors too. You're like, <laughs> I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting in a box and I'm trying to decide what to do with them. And I think I want to like put them in a big light box, um, to hang on the wall. But yeah, we made a thousand so cool. paper cranes and, um, part of that was like I got to use up all the origami paper that I've been collecting since I was a kid. I learned how to make paper cranes when I was ten. I had a friend from Japan, and she taught me to make origami, and I, um, I loved the Sadako and Thousand Paper Cranes story, mm -hmm. and loved the idea that if you made a thousand paper cranes, you got to make a wish. And so I wanted to, you know, have a wish for our marriage. So you know, we live a long and happy life together. But it was also a fun creative project that became less fun <laughs> when you're After, like, like the 10th crane i was gonna say like you're in that first hundred and you're like look at me there i go and you get to like crane 742 and you're like fuck these cranes <laughs> that was not the worst part once they were made then I, we had to string them on twine or like on fishing line to hang from the ceiling oh, and yeah. that was the worst part there's still hot glue stains on my kitchen table from that. So, li dear listeners, if you were getting married and you think, I think I'll make a thousand paper cranes, Susanna would say, don't. Or I'd say limit yourself to, like, two to three manageable DIY projects. And not <laughs> Try not to, like, <laughs> DIY everything. Pick Pick your thing. Pick your one thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. There it is. <laughs> yeah, because we did DIY invitations, DIY backdrop, like DIY yeah. ribbon curtain. I think that's the problem the with being an artsy person is you're like, I could do it. And then you're like, I should have paid someone to do this. It was worth yes, paying it is, someone. <laughs> I have to be reined in sometimes. It's helpful to have the analytical people in my life be like, okay, so you just, <laughs> can you chill? <laughs> Susanna always calls herself extra clock. And yeah. I love it. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Oh, man. Susanna, thank you so much for coming on and chatting all things color theory with us. Let's talk about joy now. So, Susanna, what is making you happy this week? Okay. So, you said this could be a fluffy thing or a fun thing. And I've been thinking about this a lot and I'm gonna say it's my Animal Crossing garden. <laughs> Your Animal Crossing garden is amazing. It's pretty Thank awesome. You. <laughs> like we have got to talk about you guys. You know that Megan and I both just got switches and so we both just got Animal Crossing 
Megan has gotten to play it a little bit more than I have. I am like have done all. I've done like nothing compared to any either. I have of these played people. it a shameful amount of time. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> very addicting. Not as shameful as me. <laughs> I mean, your children are a little bit more self sufficient than my child is, so I guess there is that. But we both went to visit Susanna on her island this weekend, and we went like at the same time. And her island is so cool, and your garden is beautiful. <laughs> It's so Thank organized you. and pretty. And then my, my, Max was watching me play. And he was like, where are these flowers even come from? Because you have, like, every kind of flower. <laughs> and he was amazed by the different colored pumpkins and just everything that was there. And I was like, I know. It's so cool. Oh. <laughs> it's been a lot of time. Um, can, I can tell you how to grow the flowers and the pumpkins later. But it's... <laughs> It's very fun, but I've enjoyed collecting the flowers either from friend, friends that I have that play who have bred all of the different flower colors, and then I'm just trying to, like, breed them myself or collect them to complete the garden, and it's just been a very zen project, and you can't kill them, which is a bonus, because <laughs> that's what I would do in real life. So. It's absolutely a bonus. Like, I was lamenting. I was like, man, I'm almost as bad at remembering to water my plants in Animal Crossing as I am in real life, and you were like, they're still going to grow anyway. And I was like, well, then I don't know why I'm bothering to water <laughs> I'm not going to take up my pocket space with a with a watering can, then. That's silly. <laughs> so Yeah, just leave that on the ground. No worries. It's fine. Because every, every time I try to, like, water a plant anyway, it, like, goes three feet to the left of the plant I'm trying to water, and I get mad. And I'm like, I don't think I'm getting any nook miles for this. So... <laughs> anyway, if you don't play Animal Crossing, none of that made sense to you. But suffice it to say, Susanna has a beautiful island band. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, what's bringing you joy? Well, I was also going to say Animal Crossing, actually. Well, Just my Switch in general. Um, it has been really fun. Uh, I do enjoy video games, and it's kind of fun to just like have something that um i wouldn't necessarily say it's mindless like there are you know certain things you have to do to be able to finish games Mm -hmm. um like i'm also playing zelda and that's like definitely uh there are so many controls in zelda (laughs) i'm like never doing the right control button like if you're having problems watering things in animal crossing like then trying to play zelda and like shoot an arrow at something oh, yeah. and kill it struggle, is like impossible i struggle with skyrim a lot yeah like i i'm not good at the bow and arrow thing on skyrim not my forte Mm-mm. and then they're like oh well you can aim by moving like just moving the controller like in your hands and i'm like that actually makes it worse <laughs> then i have to also, hold still <laughs> the different bows in zelda do different trajectories so oh, no oh. That further terrible. complicates it. I was literally sitting here thinking, like, I should get Zelda. And now I'm like, I don't think I should get Zelda. I don't think that's the game for me. No. You can borrow and I'm done. Yeah. It'll I'll be done in approximately three years. That's cool. <laughs> I'll put my name down on the wait list. <laughs> but I am enjoying it. I do play Animal Crossing way too much. I play it. I get on multiple times a day because uh, I am trying to collect all of the animals that you need to collect for the museum and they're only available at certain times of the day 
It's a struggle. Yeah, because I really certain only times have of the like, year. Yeah. I only have certain. I only have like the same time every day really to play it, which is in the evening. And then on the weekends, it's really the only time I have like other times of day. And the other day, Alex was leaving for work. I think it was on Saturday. Alex was leaving for work, and he's like, he was like, oh, like what are you gonna do today? Like, well, because Friday night we had a pizza and Mario Kart date night in. And so he's like, are you going to play Mario Kart today? I was like, actually, I think I'm going to get on Animal Crossing and see if I can collect some bugs that I don't have yet. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, it's a, you wouldn't understand. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. So you can time travel. What? Did you know that? No. <laughs> you can, so there's like different ways you can do it. You can set your... Like, if you're only ever going to be playing at night, you could set yes. your Switch to be, like, you know, six hours behind you or something, so that every time you play, it's nighttime. Or, sorry, it's daytime. So you could set it so that, like, when you play, it works for you. Um, but you can also, like, go back in time. I've not tried it yet, but supposedly you can, like, pick other times of the year, and sometimes you'll go to somebody's island, and you're like, it's December. Like, how is it snowing? when it's actually September like <laughs> my gosh all right I gotta yeah that sounds this. too crazy to me that does sound crazy but it, I can't no wrap my head around than, it either no crazier than <laughs> some of the other things that happen in a video game so it's fine <laughs> that sure, is true yeah it's all fictional <laughs> it is all fictional <laughs> my kids do tend to have lots of logistical not logistical but logic questions when we play video games they're like why is this possible because of blah 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 I'm like it's a video game <laughs> It's not playing real. Not fun. Tom Nook is a raccoon. <laughs> we are talking to a raccoon. <laughs> I have an extremely large loan to a, a raccoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, the loan is much too yep. large, but yet here we are. Anyway, I husband called it a capitalism simulator. I thought that is. was a great description uh, for it. I get us. He's Man, a slumlord. Tom Nook is a slumlord. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> despite that, it is bringing me joy. But what about you, Steffi? <laughs> um, well, Animal Crossing is bringing me joy. But so uh, I actually have two answers. One, t- um, today Susanna sent around a link to, it was a, a puppy live cam. And it was amazing. I checked in on the puppies. It was these little lab puppies for... Um, some group that um, trains them to be uh, service dogs. And it was in connection to some conference, some Adobe conference, I think, that they were live streaming this. Anyway, they were fucking adorable. And I (laughs) checked in on them multiple times. And there was a few times during the day where I checked in on them and they were all, there was like five puppies. They were little yellow lab and black lab puppies. They were just asleep in a pile on top of each other. It was the best. Um, And then it was so cute. At one point I had them up on my screen and I had Eden in my lap and she was like mesmerized by the puppies. Um, (laughs) As are we all. Did we witness one fall off of its chair? I did. He was like, he was like in his, in the little puppy bed and like towards the edge and it had like a little lip on it. And he like stretched and like did that little like puppy thing where, I mean, all dogs do it, but it's especially cute when they're puppies. 
really like stretch and twist and then he didn't realize he was like at the edge of the bed and he just like tumbled right out of the bed it was <laughs> the cutest thing and then, and then the human like scooped up the bed and was like i don't think you need that right now <laughs> very funny uh and then my second thing is that i ordered some new pajamas from old navy because they had pajamas on sale and i'm really excited because i don't know the last time i bought myself new like winter pajamas new like flannel jammies and i'm really excited to have some new flannel pajama pants at the end i do not have flannel pajama pants i feel like i will have to get some i mean you, you live where it's cold now so yes you will it's true. you will but i all of my winter pajamas in particular are just really sad and then Kathleen sent me a link to these cute baby pajamas because old navy has the cutest baby jammies and they were Christmas, and they say "fa la 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 llama," and then they have a picture of like a <laughs> Christmas llama on them. So I definitely bought matching pajamas for Eden and her older sister for Christmas because I don't know when we'll see her bio family during Christmas, but I know at some point we will, and at some point we need a picture of the sisters and their matching Christmas jammies. You definitely and then, do. Yeah, and I was like, well, if pajamas are on sale. And I want the free shipping. I should get myself some pajamas too. So Duh. I'm extremely excited to have some new cozy pajamas. That is exciting. I do love cozy pajamas. The best. The best. So, um, yes, oh, Megan. Uh, speaking of Kathleen, I wanted to give a shout out to our friends, Kathleen and Ade. Yes. Because they sent us. They both sent us these giant boxes full of Trader Joe's snacks. It's amazing because we don't have. A, it was amazing because we don't have a Trader Joe's here. The closest one is like two and a half hours away, and which is just not happening during a pandemic. And so they had both. Well, it was Ade started it. She was sharing on her Instagram about the cornbread biscotti at Trader Joe's, and then Kathleen got some, and I was like lamenting that i was like oh man i miss having a trader joe's and literally the next day ade was at trader joe's buying us cornbread biscotti and then she's like is there anything else you want and they were out of a bunch of stuff and so then kathleen was like oh mine just restocked a bunch of stuff and so then she went and they both shipped us these big boxes of stuff and so then i went to there's a store here we have a spice shop here in town um that does some really fun stuff and so i went and i got them a bunch of like really cool like hot chocolate mixes and stuff that i'm gonna mail out in reciprocation of the trader joe's fall treats it was pretty great I have not cracked into everything yet, but uh, the stuff that I have tried is delicious. It's excellent. Cookies for days, basically. So many cookies. I am <laughs> a very happy camper. Also, the kids don't like the biscotti, so Bob well, and I just get to eat all you. of it. Yeah. Cool. And he's like, why do we have all this? I'm like, our friends send it to us. And he's like, okay. I'm like, you clearly like it. You've eaten like five pieces also, of it already. It's so. like not going to go bad. Like if you no. the stuff that you don't open isn't going to go bad. So it's not like you're supposed to eat it. You don't have to eat it all this week, Bob. <laughs> you're just confused that there's so much of it. <laughs> you have really generous friends? What? <laughs> People like us? Oh, gross. So confusing. Anyway, that's an excellent shout out. I thank you for remembering that 
<laughs> we have we have wonderful friends and previous guests, so it's all so great. So next week, we're going to chat about a uh, hot topic, if you're paying attention to current events at all, birth control. We will be sharing our own experiences and why we believe having access to birth control should be a right, not a privilege. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye. <laughs>